0: Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docu-series with my husband. After seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships, we were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love The Interviews.
1: okay well how we met was we met at the jay-z and um r kelly best of both worlds concert and i vaguely remember him um because i think i had a boyfriend at the time (laughs) so i wasn't really looking at him like you know um but i guess he was looking at me he had a girlfriend so that's a little trifling but it's fine i was not interested so when i met him it was just like in passing and then the first time i remember actually having a conversation with him it was probably like six months later and we were at a concert for a rap group that he was uh, managing. And he just like walked outside and walked up to me and was like, so I broke up with my girlfriend and da, 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 da. And just, we had like a 45 minute conversation about his entire life. I gave him advice. And then from there we ended up working together. We just talked every day. So that's like how I remember things.
2: Yeah, so so let me paint the picture a little bit differently. (laughs) So we could all acknowledge that you know, I could see a woman and think that they're attractive, even though I'm in a relationship. That doesn't mean that I'm pursuing the person. Okay,
1: don't do that anymore. That's okay, fine.
2: so, but everything else is true. Okay. You know, in terms of, I think we were what early twenties, like 21.
1: No, when I first met you, I was like 18 or 19, because this was your so- our sophomore year in college. Okay. Yeah, I had just right. moved back home from going to Wright State because I went there on a dance scholarship because I've always been a ballet dancer. So I got sick. Then I came home and that's when I met you. But we didn't start dating until we were like 21.
2: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: So I met him when I was like 18, 19, but we just stayed friends.
2: So fast forward working together yeah. for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, she left where we were working, moved to New York. And that's when, for whatever reason, like I wasn't in a relationship anymore. She was no longer in her relationship. And we just started talking, just as friends. I knew she was moving, you know, helping her move out of her current apartment. He was
1: creeping, like you—you you no. were plotting, you He was doing like all. I was
2: being a good friend. No, he
1: was plotting. He was like <laughs> helping me move and calling me every day, like, "How's your day? How was work? How was dance?" Did it like talking to me from midnight until? Because I worked two full-time jobs. I taught at a school. I taught dance, and at night I worked at a restaurant as a hostess. So the train stopped running. I would have to walk like 10 blocks at like three o'clock in the morning. He would stay on the phone with me until I walked to my apartment. And those New York a streets, friend, th- th- right. those
2: New York streets, uh, so okay. you never know. So I was just trying to keep her company. So we would talk and then it, she came back to visit at one point to see a new house that I had just purchased, you know, right out of college, bought a house. She came over, saw the house. And, and that's when, when she left, I guess I gave her like this this magical hug of like caressing it was very
1: inappropriate he like lingered like you know when you give somebody a regular hug and you let go he like gave me a hug and then his hands like grazed my back and i was like ew like it just bothered me and i told my friend about it. she's like i think so she was like i'm going back to columbus i'm gonna give chi a hug and see if he hugs me like that so she went back and hugged him and came back was like he didn't give me no hug like (laughs) (laughs) She was like i think he likes you and i was like oh okay because i was just not interested in dating anybody because i like my sister I just passed away so i moved to new york and i was excited about like following my career and dance i'd never been able to like go and then when i found out he liked me it kind of irritated me because i was just like oh, he's nice but i don't want to enter like i just want to focus on myself but he just won me over
2: i've always found found her attractive okay. but um it wasn't like i was pursuing her from the moment that i met her like she mentioned she was in a relationship i was in a relationship but As those ended it just allowed us an opportunity to you know kind of like seek out those feelings so you know it was very much so a friendly relationship we worked together so we knew like what was going on in each other's lives and that just helped build our bond prior to us even dating yeah um so you know when we started dating i think you know i came in at a um at a time in her life where she was growing and exploring and she had just moved to New York. It was a long distance relationship and and everything about our communication and our relationship at that point was just strictly, it was complete joy, right? So she was doing her thing, I was doing my thing and just you know continuing to grow in my own right. And um, I, I think that that's where, th- there's so many different theories about what makes love work and what makes relationships work, but when you're least expecting it or when you're happy in your own right and you could come together under those circumstances, we were both growing, experiencing different things, but still somehow we were able to come together. And that's really just, I think, what's made our relationship positive through and through.
1: I think for me, um, because I was in New York and I was focusing on my career, when i found out that he liked me um like i said like i i was like really turned off by the fact just because i was just in a relationship with somebody like six months prior and i was with that person for like seven years so i'd only had one boyfriend and my mom was just like you need to worry about yourself so when i noticed that he liked me i pulled back and i tried to keep it like super friendly but he's just a really nice person. So after a while, you know, my mom was just like, when someone like that comes in your life, you just have to just give it a chance. And the other thing for me too, is I never wanted to date anybody outside of my race. So for me, if they were black or Hispanic, I was fine. But that was like very scary for me because I just didn't want to deal with it, you know? And just being like a black person in America, a woman, there's experiences that we have and it's hard. You want to be able to relate to your partner. So when I would talk to him as a friend, just about my experiences and just been to him, he was very open to it. He's always been very open to learning about our culture beyond what's on the television. That was one of the things that was like eternal for me, like, oh, okay, he's like really educated and, and smart and open and worldly. So for me, I think it was just him being himself. I just slowly just let go and just let it happen naturally. And before I knew it, I looked up like, dang, I miss him. Like. When are you coming to visit me? And
2: she tried. And <laughs> she tried to offer. Oh, I tried to hook him up with all of my friends. Of <laughs> friends. I, I mean, three that I know of. She tried to offer me too and yeah. said, well, "Why don't you date this person? <laughs> or this really person's did. really nice. You should really like. Why do you want to talk to me, right? At least three. Three have, of her close friends. I too.
1: have a friend who's Tibetan. So I was like, "Oh, he's eight, half Asian and she's Asian. That's perfect. So I tried to hook them up. And he was like. I do not want to date her. I tried to hook him up with my cousin, who's also my best, best friend. She's beautiful. And when he was like, no, I was like, okay, you're tripping. Like she's, she's gorgeous. Like anybody would want to talk to her. when he said no to that, I was like, he must really like me. So then after that, my friends were like, can you stop trying to like (laughs) hook us up? Like he's not interested in us. So I was like, okay, I guess he likes me. I'll just try and see what happens.
2: I wouldn't say that I was colorblind at any point in time. So. I grew up in a very small town in Ohio. There was one other Asian family, my father's Cambodian, and then there was there was basically like one black family, the McKnight.
1: And they all played basketball. And, and
2: there were four <laughs> brothers, they all played basketball. And, and that was literally it. Everyone else in the town is predominantly white. So I can't really say if I was colorblind, it's just there was no other color, right? So when I went to school at Ohio State, I was still in the relationship that I had from high school and you know once I exited that relationship that's when I kind of really started to consider you know what do I want in a relationship and it was never a, a situation where I considered who do I want to be with based upon their skin color it's what do I want out of a woman that I want to be married with and that's where I think a lot of us you know our relationship re- aligns you know it's not like We're from the same family backgrounds, but financially, I think we're similar circumstances. Um, Both of divorced homes, family is hugely important to us, and we share a lot of the same core values. Physically, there's differences, of course, but I mean, what really matters is where we're aligned. You You know what? Like, part of it is physically. I mean, she was beautiful, Um, but... It's also because of what I knew of her. You know, because I knew her just through friendship and through, you know, mutual parties. I think that that's what attracted her to me as well, is that she knew what I was about. So there's no guesswork of how is this person in a relationship because we already knew, like we saw it with our own eyes. And and that's where I think she always jokes and says, oh, he was creeping because he knew about, <laughs> you know, how I handled myself and my past relationships, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, it's just like you had the cheat sheet. Like you knew the answers to the test (laughs) and that makes it that much easier to pursue it. So that's what I would say in terms of, you know, what made me attractive to her is, you know, her physical beauty, but also, you know, just knowing the type of person that she was.
1: So the type of man I was looking for was definitely like, brown skin man with locks and you know he burned incense and was listening to talib kwali because i was like straight backpacker hip-hop breakdancing girl like legit always have been i was a tomboy i mean i knew all the lyrics to like all the raps i have an older brother you know so he introduced me to music and obviously at that time it was like rap and hip real hip-hop music um and so i just felt like i was gonna have like a brown sugar you know what i mean like we were gonna lay on the bed and like like recite rap lyrics back to back no and that's what you know with him i was like where are we going to connect you know because that was music was such a huge part of my life but ironically that's how we connected through music i mean he doesn't know some of the greatest hits and he said the first rap album he ever listened to was salt and pepper and i was like what do you know how many albums came out before yeah. that but I mean, you know, i would give him a break because he grew up in Lancaster, Ohio and it's like population, 100% like white people. So I get it. But that is, he had an interest in that music and he was managing a rap group, which was really weird. But my bet, one of my childhood best friends was in that rap group, which is how we connected. That's why we ended up becoming close because he was managing him. And he was like, you know, he, she is a really good guy. And he would always tell me that and I'd be like, Ugh. He's not black, so I don't really care. (laughs) But I don't know, it just didn't matter. Like after a while, I stopped paying attention to the fact that he wasn't a black man and paying attention to the type of man that he was. And he's super loyal and super loving. And he's like that with everybody, complete strangers. So I'm like, I can't pass up this good soul because it's not packaged the way I thought it would be. And I'm really glad that I like let that go because it's been like the most amazing experience ever. Like being with him, he's definitely like we're definitely connected by our souls. Like we have the same vision for our family and for life, and we look at life the same way. And it is really dope to have that.
2: You definitely got to rewrite that with the salt and pepper, or like Puff Daddy's "No Way Out." That was kind of like my first. That and the Salt and Pepper album were.
1: My like, what?
0: Or what happened to your life? <laughs> like,
1: a child. I was like child abuse. <laughs>
0: What came next?
1: What happened? (laughs) I got pregnant. (laughs) No, that's really what happened. Yeah, I got pregnant. That's just the truth. Like, we were dating for, like, four months. And I got pregnant. And I stayed in New York until I was, like, six months pregnant because I had a contract with the school to teach dance. And I just did not want to come home. I was like, you know, I'm just going to dance because I was moving there to try out for Alvin Ailey. Like, that was my dream. And when I got pregnant, I was just like... I just be trying my life but then I was like okay he also didn't tell me to have unprotected sex that's what happens (laughs) when you you have babies (laughs) this is not God's fault it's mine right that usually leads to babies so I couldn't blame God I had to blame my decisions um but I was also told that I was never going to have a child so for me I immediately knew that I was going to keep the baby like yeah it was never a question and I literally got pregnant a year after my sister passed away so I just felt like you know, it was like a very spiritual situation for me. And he kept asking me to come home and I was like, no. Like for because my parents were separated. My parents are best friends though. Like I've never seen them argue. They separated when I was two. I never felt like you had to live with the person you had a baby with to have a healthy, loving childhood. Like that's not my experience. So for me, I always felt like when I had a baby with someone, I wanted them to be my best friend, someone who respected me and someone who had the same vision as me to raise a child. But I didn't necessarily feel like we had to live in the same exact home. So he, you know, even though his parents were separate, they both got remarried. And I think marriage was just different for him. And I was just like, no. Like, I don't want to move home. I don't want to live with you. Stop pushing me. But he was like... I'm going to take care of you and our baby. Like, you need to move in our home with us and I'm, I'm going to be there for you. And my mom was like, well, I didn't ask your dad to leave. So was like, <laughs> she was like, I didn't willingly want us to not be together. So she was like, you need to move in with him. Like he wants to be there for you. And that's one of the things I love about my mom. Even though she was a single mom who raised four children, she never encouraged us to be like, I don't need a man. Da-da. I just developed that on my own. But she was never like that. She always made us respect our father. I have a great relationship with my dad. And I just moved in with him because he made me basically. But I'm happy I did because he's a good dad. And I didn't realize what I was missing out in until I had my daughter. And I was like, hey, I missed a lot of stuff with my dad by not living with him. And he's like from when I had the baby, like he was by my side the entire time. held my hand like the best partner ever to everything. Like he's been there with me. He helped change her diapers. He I up- changed the diapers. Oh, right. so I didn't help. Well, we had a deal. If I had her, then he had to change all the diapers until he went back to work. So he did. Like, I didn't change one diaper until he went back to work, like six weeks later. So, I mean, I pushed her out of I me. Mean, it's yeah, fine. You know. It's not a big deal. I feel like that's pretty fair. fair right. <laughs> but he was, I mean, he's always, he's an amazing dad. And that just made me fall even more in love with him after that.
2: I, at, at that point, there definitely wasn't talk of marriage. It, <laughs> no. And it's just because. Actually, you know, I take that back. There was talk of marriage, but it was, we're not getting married because we're having a baby. It was, let's continue to grow our relationship and let's not be forced or feel the pressure of, you know, family, society or or whatever pressures you feel like there may be on uh, a relationship. When you have a baby, you have to get married. We just didn't want to play into that stereotype. Um, and we wanted to marry each other when we knew that it was right. So the conversation was in, in that form, when it comes to marriage, not, Hey, should we get married or when are we getting married? So there wasn't anyone in our life that kind of forced marriage upon us. I think the question came like, Oh, when are you getting married or are you getting married? But I don't feel like there was an overwhelming pressure to get married.
1: Stranger I think it would be not strangers, but people that weren't as close to us would say stuff like oh You should get married because you have a baby mm. and when are you getting married and you know Like no matter how long we were together from like a year and then as obviously as the years kept going by people kept Saying like you're not gonna get married. You're not gonna get married. You guys aren't married like you have a child And I be like well who gets married because I have a baby that does not that don't make sense so and usually <laughs> and not to be funny but all the people who like wanted us to get married were married <laughs> none of them are married anymore so I'm glad that we didn't listen to them because I'm like that's not a reason to marry somebody and for me like I don't know his family with on his dad's side most of his family has arranged marriages so I felt like that's definitely a different perspective of marriage. It's completely different. It has nothing to do with religion or faith or anything. It's more like we're bringing these two families together. We want to make sure our incomes stay together or, you know, combined. So that was like what I gained from his family's version of what marriage is. It's you need to marry a Cambodian girl and it needs to be somebody we know. and Or you want to bring someone here um, for their family. So it's like a business transaction. And then for me... I am not the most religious person. I was raised Muslim, my dad is Christian, and my mom, through, as we got older, she became more spiritual and less religious, and so did I. So I didn't have a rel- religious obligation to get married. And I feel like, I'm not gonna, like people would be like, well, what about God? I'm like, well, God told us not to fornicate. So we're past that point. <laughs> And I don't feel like getting married is gonna right my wrong and be like, oh, well, now he forgives me. Like, no, I feel like I committed myself to someone. And we have a family together and we live together and we're raising our child. And I don't, we're not, we've openly said we're not gonna be with other people. Like, this is it. So I felt like I'm married. Like, this is my life commitment to someone. And I don't have to go downtown and have it legalized or have some pastor, or somebody I don't know marry me because people believe that that's what God wants for me. I just feel like that my relationship has been blessed because, it, because we were very intentional and we knew we wanted to be with each other and we committed ourselves to each other. And I felt like it was legitimate. It wasn't us, it was other people who tried to make us feel like our relationship was not legitimate because we weren't married. And that was irritating. Sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hi, everyone. I know you're enjoying hearing from this couple, but I had to take a minute to answer a question we always get asked. Where can I watch the Black Love docu-series? Where can I watch Black Love shows like Couch Conversations, Doula Dads, Male Versus Man, Moms With Coffee? Well, Tommy and I created a solution. The Black Love Plus app is available to download now for free thanks to our friends at Target. And it includes all your favorite Black Love content, including some of our live events that you might have missed filmed for you and available now on Black Love Plus. You can download it wherever you get your apps, Apple TV, Roku, your Android, your iPhone. Just do it today. Download the Black Love Plus app.
1: there was a lot of trials and tribulations and it wasn't, it was learning stuff from just being a new relationship, but it was, it was more out. It was his, it was his family. <laughs> like I hate saying that because now we've gotten to a better place with some of them, but it was really art for me, our biggest issues in our relationship were cultural and racial because I, had never experienced people not liking me simply because i wasn't a specific race that intimately you know what i mean like of course i already knew what it was growing up in america but i didn't have to go to those people's houses and i'd have to spend holidays with people who just would not speak to me simply because i'm not cambodian and so i felt like he should have defended me But it was his family so i think that we both went through a really hard time where he felt like this is my family and how do you go against your family and me feeling like i'm your family we have a child together and you need to defend me um but i got to a place where i didn't ex i didn't expect him to defend me anymore and i think that's how we got over it i just started defending myself and speaking up for myself because i felt like i have a great relationship with my parents and they didn't make me choose and I don't know what it's like to have to deal with that. So I I allowed myself to be the bad guy so he wouldn't have to, but I was okay with that because I'm like, at the end of the day, I go home to my family and they love me. You have to talk to these people. I don't have to talk to them if I don't want to. So those were like our biggest, biggest issues. And I think after we got over that, we were like, okay, we're good.
2: And I think our commitment really just was strengthened through all that. So, you know, every relationship, period is a struggle from just the very basic standard relationship, let alone the fact that, um, you know, we had our our daughter, you know, four months after we were dating, she became pregnant. So (laughs) that's a a challenge in itself. We were 22 years old, so extremely young parents. Um, But then on top of that, too, to be in an interracial relationship where you have, you know, the tensions and the, the struggles like she mentioned, um, you know, that's, that's like a, an additional trial. And I feel like if you could survive that piece and you build yourself up in that interracial relationship or just having the cultural differences, um, I mean, you can make it through a lot. I mean, it's more than just your standard relationship. That commitment was really fortified from, from that beginning stage. Yeah. So during that period, just trying to figure out how to make the process work or or how to bring our family together, that was a a tough time. I mean, we had discussions (laughs) (laughs) that turned to arguments that that turned to, you know, us really just focusing on the bond that the three of us, meaning her and I and our daughter would have, knowing that at the at the end of the day, as long as we are safe and comfortable and strong in our family unit, that people will eventually see that the family will eventually understand it. And those that dislike it and just choose to dislike it will continue to. But those that see us being strong, regardless of the fact, you know, they, they acknowledge it and they honor that. But I definitely thought about, you know, when is this going to be over? You know, how do we, like, what is the, is there a certain amount of time that has to go by before, you know, we have like the clarity or like that sign of approval from, You know from the powers that be or you know from like the elders of the family and whatnot
1: i don't want to say the family like it was every single person because it wasn't right but it was people that were very influential to everyone in the family important people of the family so i think the what's changed is my relationship with his father is really good but It's just difficult because his his wife does not like me, which is hard because it's it's a there's so many dynamics to that because it's his son or, you know, it's his dad. It's his stepmom who helped raise him and they had an amazing relationship prior to him dating me. And you know what the thing is, though, with me, I'm very, like, intuitive. And so I it's really hard for me to take something personal because I always think of all the dynamics. So I think about if I was somebody's stepmom and I raised them and we had a great relationship, they started dating somebody that I didn't like. Granted. We were only dating for four months and I got pregnant. So anybody's parent would be like, who is this person or what are you doing or why are you doing this to your life? They wanted the best for him. And you can't see, we couldn't see. I, who would have known that that would have turned into this? So when you give your children advice, you're giving them advice based on all that you know, what you know works and what doesn't work. So initially it didn't bother me that they were upset by our relationship because I get it. And My, my mom is a bit of a hippie. So she's a little more like, yeah, it is what it is. You're pregnant. Okay. You're keeping it and let's move on with life. Like that's just her model of life. Everybody's parents aren't like that. So initially I think it didn't bother me, but when she can, she's never like some people in his family just wouldn't give me a chance. They didn't get to know me. They wouldn't talk to me. Um, and they still don't, some of them didn't come to our wedding, but his father did and his, his real mother did. And a lot of his cousins and everybody did. And so those relationships have continued to grow and, The ones that haven't i don't think they ever will but that's not my issue because i know that i've only given love and so i can't do anything else with that you know what i mean like you can only give out love and if it's not returned then that's just their choice
2: and and i would say too that exactly how she explained both sides of like how my parents would view this situation that's what is so enamoring to other people towards ashley is how know she could diagnose the situation and she could hear the story from the person but also give them the perspective of you know the person that they're that they're probably complaining about right so like that personality and her ability to communicate is what eventually will win people over if they're given a chance to like exactly how she explained it in her her communication is one of the biggest reasons why i fell in love with her she's just unbelievably caring unbelievably able to just sense a situation and just diagnose it and move forward from it
1: i'm not a dweller <laughs> no it was six years okay when you proposed who's counting right nobody <laughs> so how did that come about
0: what so this
2: time? I-, I knew that it was time for a while um probably for Several years, probably like three years. I knew that I wasn't going to be in any other relationship. I was completely committed to our family, to our relationship and our bond together. But we kind of went through a phase where we were just talking like, what's marriage going to change? Yeah. Why do we need it? And we both had that mutual understanding of, yeah, it's not going to change anything. Um, We're going to love each other the same. Um, Our commitment is going to be the same. Our family dynamic is going to be unchanging. So what are we doing it for? Is it for other people? Let's not do it if that's the case. And and I don't know if I sat and thought I would probably have the answer as to why I decided to propose. Um, Part of it is because we were moving. We were relocating from Ohio to Southern California. And um, I don't know, it it just started to make sense. For why we should just go ahead and get married. I know that it kind of makes the relationship maybe more confirmed.
1: Not for me though. Like sometimes I feel like not sad that we got married. I'm not sad. But it makes me sad that people embrace our relationship so much more now that we're, and it's irritating because literally nothing has changed. Yeah, Not my that's last what... name. Yeah, it's everyone else's response to us. that might make us feel different at times, but like nothing's changed.
2: And, and part of it too is the reason why we also waited is because I knew that if we were going to get married, I wanted to do it the right way. Like, and, and actually have a, a pretty full wedding and not just you know cheap on it not um, have it be anything other than exactly what we wanted so all throughout our relationship (laughs) so all throughout our relationship it's always been backwards we had a baby before we were married it was a brand new relationship we moved in with each other family struggles blah 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 so you know I wanted to at least like out of everything the marriage is the only thing that I could have potentially made you know like correct or traditional and and that's what i wanted to do so you know i i bought her a ring i feel like you really want to chime in right now.
1: i just don't want to say anything <laughs> i want to hear about this this uh this wedding this traditional
2: so anyway i'll, I'll go to the proposal on october 17th of 2015
1: i think so. I 14 know. okay
2: because we just got married yeah oh, october seventeenth, right, right, 2014 that was my 30th birthday Actually, it had to be 2015.
1: No, this it just turned 2016. And we got married less than a year from your birthday. So it was 2014. Okay. We got married in 2015. So okay. We proposed in 2014. Sorry. Okay. Really happened. Um
2: <laughs> so anyways, we we had a going away party. Our family, we were moving to California. All of our friends, all of our family was there, and I just knew I wanted to have an opportunity to celebrate with everyone before we left. So Um, I proposed to her secretly, you know, arranged everything. The only other person that knew about the fact that I was going to propose is our daughter. And she didn't tell me. She didn't say. No. she She. I showed her the ring right when I got it. I said, "Do you like it? Because if you like it, I'm sure mommy will <laughs> like it." Um, she knew about the ring for about two months. And
1: just never said anything.
2: Never said anything. And um, and then our best friend Jerome knew about the wedding. He helped kind of coordinate it. I know Ashley well, but he also knows her her taste really well, so he kind of helped. You know orchestrate a lot of the pieces and parts and made sure i wasn't forgetting anything <laughs> so on on that day i proposed with all of our family around and it was it was wonderful it was amazing it was, it it was, was a really great send off for for us
1: it was it was beautiful yeah i'm glad you did it we were in a place where it wasn't like i didn't give him an ultimatum or ever like be like oh you have to you know, marry me before I. I just was like, we're together and he loves me. He's comm- he's always been committed to me. I've never questioned that. So I just didn't feel like it was gonna ever happen too because it just <laughs> was like, oh, we've been together for six years and we're moving. So it was like, I know. I think casually at one point I think I said to him, I'm not moving unless you unless we get married or something like that. And then. Like he was like, oh, I accepted the job. And I threw the going away party for him. It was a going away slash birthday party for him. So I wanted to do something really special for him um, and with all of our friends because I knew we were leaving. So at that point I was like, OK, I said that. But he knew when he was like, oh, I accepted this position. I was like, OK, like I never was like, I'm not coming. I just thought I said that casually like seven months ago. Then he told me he was getting the job and we were packing up our home and I planned a going away party. So I was like, okay, well, he, he clearly didn't take that seriously and neither did I cause I'm clearly, I'm packing up. So I just thought, all right, whatever. Like it's not gonna happen. And I was okay with that though. Like I wasn't, I think my friends, some of my friends started getting married and made me feel like maybe I should. Mm-hmm. And I think that's honestly what it was. Like yeah, I can absolutely. be real and be like, I was completely fine until my friends were like, oh, look at my ring and I'm engaged. Phew, <laughs> I'm planning my wedding. And I was just like, do I want that? But then I was in some of their weddings and I was like, I don't want that mess and I look at some of their relationships I'm like I definitely don't want that so I'm like oh we're good
2: but you were definitely surprised because oh
1: yeah I didn't think it at all
2: no I'm terrible at basketball but I have a mean pump fake and yeah. I definitely pump faked you a couple of oh, times oh right 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 so bad that I didn't even know I was doing it
1: <laughs> yeah he like fake proposed to me like five times yeah it was like, an accident. like we went to back to New York multiple times with our daughter he took me on this boat ride he like dug in a his central pocket. Central Park on the lake. Yeah, you know, and he put out his phone. Like, I need to take a picture of this view. And I was like, but this happened multiple times. So I was like, okay, you accidentally didn't. Like, you kept setting me up, like you're gonna propose and you didn't. So I'm like, it's not happening. He doesn't get it. His... I just let it go.
0: Was
2: that intentional? or anything? Completely unintentional. It, it, it was such a mean <laughs> pump fake. I had no idea I was doing. Oh,
1: it. when I graduated from college, he threw me a huge graduation party and then he stands up in front of all my friends like i need to make an announcement so all my friends are like oh my god and they're pulling out their the cell phones. phones and he gives a speech that's like i'm so proud of ashley for graduate and everybody was like and then put their phones down i was like can you i said listen don't do any more speeches okay or any more like because ro- he's not romantic that's not his thing That's not how he expresses love to me he expresses love through like you're not Oh I didn't okay. say you're like one romantic thing a year. Uh,
2: I'm affirming everything. Oh you're okay, right so
1: that's like if someone who isn't romantic, that's not their nature and they do something like extra spectacular you're gonna think like, oh, something different is about to happen. No, He just thought it would be a good idea to take me back to New York on a boat ride, like why?
2: That was Central Park. <laughs> we were rowing. You know, they have some of the the trees that hang over. And he I was like, like oh, found this is a great a spot.
1: spot. And he said he was like, "This is a great spot." I'm like, "For what?"
2: And then I was digging in my pocket, and I just couldn't get my phone. I, she must have thought it was a ring box or something. <laughs> I, I'm that good. was like
1: in 2012. <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, I'm good for a couple of year, a couple <laughs> of really romantic moments. When
1: he proposed, which was really romantic, our wedding. It is once a year, like I said. it's fine, though. like I don't need that. And he show I know he loves me because he's his his love language isn't gifts. That's not what it is. It's be I don't know if being there is a real thing, but being there being <laughs> present being present and like paying bills and being responsible, like that's how he expresses love to people being loyal. I, I need that.
2: I would say her love language is a- absolutely words of affirmation and she doesn't need gifts and she doesn't expect gifts but i think that that's one reason why that that love language works so well with her um i've always tried to give her things that can help progress whatever it is that she's working on like her career so yeah. you know i know at one point you know when she was expressing interest in writing and in setting up her blog i bought her a macbook and that's you know one thing that's yeah. that i've always tried to just focus on what makes you happy not just getting frivolous gifts and yeah. purses and like
1: i don't i don't want that
2: no those aren't the that's not her love language it's it's meaningful pieces meaningful gifts and words of affirmation
1: you know it's i just realized i think you're the way you we have the same love language because his way of expressing love is being there being present or like contributing in a meaningful way and that's how I experience love. Like when I told him, I was like, I want to write, you know, one day I want to make a movie or write a book. He doesn't laugh at my dreams. Like when I tell my friends stuff, they're just so small minded and they don't see the vision. Like I'll say, I want to make a children's book. And they'll be like, I made a children's book. And it's been really successful. But when I told him that, he was like, okay, so what is the formatting of the book? Like, he helped me do everything. He helped me format my book. He helped me outsource it to get it print. like everything. And that to me is what love really is, is when someone has a vision and you, even if it seems unattainable, you help them acquire it or do everything you can to help set them up so they can do it or you do it with them. But that's how he's always been. Like, he's always been there for everything that I've ever dreamed of and He's never shot any of my ideas down. He's very logical though sometimes. So he'll be like, well, how's that gonna work? But I'm like, I don't know, figure it out so we can do it. <laughs> <laughs> but he all, he just wants to know the, techni- the technicality of it all. But I'm I'm very much a dreamer. I'm like, I think we should do this. And he's like,
2: Jesus. And the dreams never stop. No, before.
1: they don't. I always have a new idea every day. But he doesn't shoot me down. He'll be like, okay, Ashley, let's finish this first one and then move on to the next. But that's why I love him because I can just i I can always be myself and I've always been myself with him and he doesn't make me feel weird about it. So I know I'm a weird person. Like I don't like people touching me. I have really bad OCD. I don't like noises like chewing and breathing and in anything really <laughs> or, or, or dirt <laughs> <laughs> or when he brushes his teeth. Like I make him shut the door. We can't be in the same room when that happens. But it's fine, right? Fine with me. <laughs> it's okay. Because, I mean, I have other good qualities about me, I'm sure. Somewhere (laughs) down the line, other than my weirdness. I think career. That's been a challenge. Because when, when I graduated from college, that wasn't something that I wanted to do. I did it just because I felt like this is the honest to God truth we have a daughter and he already graduated from college. And I was like, I don't want her to be like my black mom didn't graduate from college. So I was like, I'm just gonna go back to college. And then um, when I was at my graduation, I was thinking about Chipotle. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing I ever did in my life. Like, I really felt sad that I went back to school because I always wanted to be a writer and I was always really well, like really good at that. But I was a dancer too. So I felt like in my mind, I'm gonna dance and then I'm gonna do my writing career. But when I did that, it it was like really stressful in our relationship because I was working full time, I was going to school full time, and I had our daughter. And he has always had the um, his side career with the music, and that was extremely time consuming, and it took up a lot of our finances and managing three people and going on tour with them. And they did the BT, but the BT Matters tour, or they went on tour with Kendrick Lamar and like they did stuff with Big Sean, and people were always in our house, like random rappers and stuff and they were always recording and he was always using our family money to pay for stuff.
2: Those were the best of times though.
1: Were they? Okay. We'd be like sitting on the couch and then like Mav will call and he'd be like, oh we gotta go to um Cleveland for a meeting. <laughs> or like Matt would be like, oh we're going to um Toronto for LeBron's birthday and he's like, I can't pass that up. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because I couldn't go, you know, it's a boys trip. Like these things literally happen. And I think the craziest thing was like having friends that had a lot of money and you don't. So like you go and you have these experiences and I think it would inspire him. He'd come home super inspired, but then we were living our regular life, but that was always infiltrating our life. You know, having to go on tour, going to these meetings, doing all this stuff, but then coming back to our regular life. So there was a disconnect because he was doing these things, but I was at home with our daughter most of the time. And I think that caused a lot of um, A lot of arguments because I feel like I was being left behind Because I've never been a A companion girl like I wasn't Looking for a man to be rich And I never wanted to be a stay at home mom Like I have my own mind I have my own dreams And I would be jealous like I know more about music than you do like how come You <laughs> get to go I was like let me go To the meeting let me tell them something So I think allowing Him to to have His time and to really put like his on to his career and me being okay with staying home and, uh, and letting him do it first that was one of the biggest struggles like for sure
2: i would say another challenge that that we had is just in the way that we communicate so um my father's cambodian uh, you know typical um, asian families they're not the most verbally communicating they express their emotions through like kind of like what ashley said being present and just being very loyal and just being making sure that whatever you need has been taken care of. And whereas with with Ashley, like our, her ability and strength is in communication, whether it's written or whether it's verbal. And that has always been something that we still, you know, evolve and um, and, and have our challenges is, you know, my ability to communicate exactly how I'm feeling in comparison to exactly, you know, how she feels and in, in trying to, you know, win that battle of the words. and. Just never seem to win
1: it. You, you won't. But Absolutely, but you truth won't. be
2: told, she is right eighty five percent of the time. Oh, see, I can't even get the percentage right. It's
1: like ninety nine point nine, but I'll take her eighty five today because okay. you used to say like sixty. So yeah. I see your start to come to your senses. Okay, okay. Literally, I'm always right. I come from <laughs> a I I am like this is a real life thing. Like I feel like I have a gift of rightness because. Because I analyze things very well.
2: Do you see? Is- I'm
1: usually right. <laughs> My friends will call me and be like, I should listen to you. I'm like, yes, you should listen to God and you should listen to Ashley. They're, we're both usually right. It's just the thing, the gift that God gave me, rightness. And because my I come from a black and Latino family, like we over communicate everything, like every feeling, emotion we have, and we will yell and scream and sit on each other's lap and kiss each other and then punch each other in the face all in one day. And I
2: think that that's been the struggle too for her. I mean, with me communicating up and her kind of communicating down, if that makes sense. With um, no learning to like bring it back. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Oh yeah, because I just think everything is like worth yelling about. (laughs) But I don't. (laughs) What.
2: I would say it's been a challenge um, making time for ourselves here because we've been here a year and a half now. We moved. I changed jobs. Um, I've started at two other businesses, one, the music consulting business, and the other a, an app that um, is social networking for philanthropy. So there's a lot of projects that I'm always working on. There's projects that she's working on with her second book and still marketing and promoting her current book, as well as, you know, just let alone what we do for ourselves personally, being parents, um, moving, not having the family support that we once were so familiar with having. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a challenge. But what's helped is, you know, we've had her mom come to visit and she would stay for a month or two months at a time. Um, we got married, but we were able to, you know, spend time in Ohio. So um, we've been blessed with the ability to be flexible, but it's definitely different. I mean, it it presents its own challenges of our day to day is, you know, her homeschooling our daughter, um, me doing my, you know, nine to five, and then us, you know, continuing to, you know, take her to karate class. And then, you know, dinner just the the basic things and then we're still burning you know at night working on our own projects so it's a challenge
1: yeah but (laughs) I mean I don't know it's it's fine I think that um, for me the most important thing is that we both feel accomplished in our life so when we're old we look at each other for like I'm I'm glad that we had the life we had and I feel like I was able to do everything that I wanted to do or at least try so I guess a date night isn't as important to me than watching him feel fulfilled and seeing him like accomplish his dreams. And that I don't know that's more important. I do miss having like more one on one time, but I feel like it'll come. You know, this is like the grind time. This is why we moved here to help advance both of our careers. So I think it's just I have a better understanding that it'll come eventually, you know, so it is what it is right now.
2: And, And it's crazy, though, too, like our quality time with each other has become smaller but our our relationship as the two of us and as our family has still gotten stronger yeah. even through everything that i just mentioned with moving with not having as much family support being isolated here yeah um, our relationship has still grown yeah. and, and that's what i think is a blessing in and kind of a testament to our commitment marriage didn't change our relationship moving didn't change our relationship it's actually just made it better so I, I'm happy about our move.
1: Me too. I think growing up in the inner city for me and not having a lot was a blessing because the dreaming, I always talk to my friends about the most successful people are usually people who don't come from a lot because you, you have the dream and you want to get out and you just, so many things seem like better than what your situation is. So I feel like, even though it seems like it's a lot, like you're gonna have another baby. We live in a tiny house because I call this tiny house. We live in tiny house and um, you already have a child and he's managing artists and you're writing books. And I just feel like excited about it though, because I feel like when you have... I don't believe in other people's ideas of success and what, like there we have successful friends who are married and they don't see their partners, but we have some who do and travel all the time. And that's one of the things too. I just started going on tour with him and traveling with him and we would just make it work. So I'm excited to see where our careers take us and where we take our children because my family is the most important thing to me. And I, we always put each other first. So I think seeing it manifest is exciting to me it's not really scary it's like I can't wait to show people that's my biggest thing is to show people like you don't have to give up your family you don't have to give up your faith or whatever it is to have things that you want in life you can have both you have to just determine the levels and you know how much of it you want but I'm excited for people to see that to just women too. You can have a child and you can have your career. You don't have to give it up. And that's what I want to inspire people to do is like, especially women, like don't stop, don't give up your dream and you can still be a mom. You might have to take your kid to work with you, but it is what it is. Like it'll work out. And I, I, that's what I think is going to happen with our next baby. It'll just fall in line like our daughter did.
2: You know, what's crazy too, though, about that. I just started thinking about it when you mentioned it, you kind of discovered Ashley through her blog and a lot of people have discovered you know you or myself or just our family through social networking and it's so crazy to think about it because being in in an interracial relationship some people think that it's the greatest thing in the world and and they want to seek out you know you know they they want to seek out a a non whatever like if you're black they want to seek out a non-black partner or if you're of this culture, they want to seek out something different. And I always look at those situations and I think that it's great, but I also think that you have to acknowledge that you're still going to have those same struggles as a relationship, plus you're going to have everything else because of the differences between cultural you know, changes between you and your spouse or you and your partner. But it's also inspiring because it, it gives us an opportunity to share our voices with other people so whether it's people who have similar families whether it's people who have a similar relationship it's also like pressure too i mean to to be candid yeah there's so many of our single friends that are like oh i want what you have and i'm like you don't just get it you don't just go and get this by seeing a woman and and it just happens you know you really have to work for this um you know I, i remember You know Jamil mentioned you know he would come over and and hang out at the house and he's like man i I just want this you know i want to hang out watch tv be with my family and be in a nice house it's it's cold outside it's winter time but there's a fire going right and and it sounds so sweet and it really is it's wonderful but everything every single part of that was work and and i think like i said it's, it's pressure but it's it's so rewarding Um, to be able to share that story and to hear people that for whatever reason whatever ticked with them they feel connected or they feel inspired by you know whatever it is that they pulled from us yeah it's funny because how maybe like five or six years ago um mtv was doing something and she blames me to this day because I they guess the casting director life.
1: I'm in an interracial relationship and he she, she, the casting director talked to me and she just loved she me loved she her. talked to Chia and she was like never mind
2: this, this is what she says that's now,
1: really what happened but, but
2: but listen she thinks that I told them I didn't want to do I it I think you did and I didn't like I, I meaning I, I did want to do it and I did not tell her I didn't want to do it um, I just answered the questions as is and, and it's funny, though, because there's been so many of those situations where I feel like we've, we've had opportunities to discuss and we've had opportunities to kind of be, like, representative of whatever community, right? And um, it's been fun, but I, I think that it's, I don't know, like, I, I think that that's been something where I've grown accustomed to. I'm a fan of social media, of course, but I just share differently and I have a different filter and I don't have quite the artistic eye visually that she does. So I kind of let her lead that piece, um, but it's, it's, it's so interesting. And it's so kind of, um, it's funny to see the people that kind of buy into what it is that you have. We're not selling anything. It's just, this is just who we are.
1: But that's why I try to be honest with my blog. And I try to talk about real things that happen in our family and real situations because I don't want people to believe, I don't really want to be the poster child for interracial relationships because I'm not really the biggest advocate of it. And that throws people off. But I'm like, it's not just, it's not that easy. And I don't like when people date outside their race, like it's a fetish or a fantasy. Like that bothers me because I love black people. I love black men. I think they're beautiful. So. It, and he understands that, like, I, I don't want him to feel like he's my token, like, savior. That's not it. Like, I love you because you're a good person, but there's a lot of good black men, too. And I try to get that point across because it, it often hurts my feelings when people compliment my relationship because he's not black. Right. That irritates me. They're like, oh, well, it's because you have white men or he's white and Asian. Or, or I yeah.
2: need to go get more. Yeah.
1: I'm like, no, you need to get you somebody who loves you and who's faithful to you, regardless of what they look like. So I think that's why I try to share that. That love is something that's it is beyond color, but it, you have to have more than love to make a relationship work, especially if you're going to date outside your race. It is super important to be strong. You have to be strong in who you are and your relationship has to be strong.
2: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, I, I like the attention that we get because I think it's, it's well-deserved and, and I'm not afraid to share like those pieces of yeah. our family. Like, I'm not afraid to share you know the the greatness that I have in her, or you know the like the aspiring talent that Amira has. Like those are things that are worthy to share. Like I'm I would I'm happy to share those yeah. those pieces of ourselves.
1: I learned that I was not as um, kind as I thought I was, and that I wasn't as patient as I thought I was, and that. I'm more patient than I thought I was. I think being with Chia has encouraged me to let go of a lot of stuff. I, I used to make everything a big deal or just be really bothered by every person that I interacted with and felt like I would take their energy with me. He's so like unbothered by people. It doesn't even matter. Like People can say the meanest thing in the world to him and he'll just turn and like smile at me or like live his life. So I learned to be um, just let stuff go more and it's been the biggest blessing because i feel like my um my life is much easier now i don't let people bother me i don't let things bother me i don't Mm
2: -hmm.
1: i don't know it's just been it's been great i feel like i just live my life much easier and more peaceful so that's what is peace i've learned to have more peace in my life from being with him
2: my turn I would say I've learned that I'm not as perfect as I once thought I was. Yes, gosh. And, and and she will let me know about that too. <laughs> but no, I mean because I have a, an older sister and a younger brother, but I think I was always kind of like the golden child of sorts, um, not just with my immediate family, but also with like my extended family on both sides, and you know, I've always excelled, you know, I've done great in school, I was solid in athletics, Um, you know, I I was, you know, I went to college, graduated, you know, I've always been on like this timeline and always have had my course charted for me. But, you know, being in, in our relationship, I've just realized that there's areas where I thought that I was good, but maybe you're only good with the people that you're surrounded by, right? So I was great at communicating around my family. But when you're amongst people that excel in different areas, I mean, you just realize your deficiencies. And um, she's kind of helped me realize where I need to improve. um, And not just between our relationship, but just outwards, you know, with my career or just personal development. And that's what I would say I've learned most is just, areas of where i thought that i was once perfect at but areas where i need to work on and areas where i need to improve and she's always challenged me and um, that's that's something that you need in in a relationship isn't someone that just says you're great or that they love you just because of how you are at this point in time like we've always evolved we've all we've always changed and we've always grown with each other